0: Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing last week's spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting 5 to 15 minutes, where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley, time for another spiritual tune-up. Thanks for the great questions you ask me every day. Here's a great question, one that has scary implications, but overall, the truth uh, will set you free. Mike, do we create absolutely everything? In other words, is there ever a time when we are not in charge of creating our own reality? Are there ever times when the universe, source, the collective intercedes on our behalf, knowing something else is for our higher good? Mm, uh, Okay, well, to strip it down, uh, this is another one of those yes and no kind of answers. Uh, It depends on how you define self. Now, what you likely want to hear is that you know, you're know you not always on the hook. You are being protected and guided by source, divine energy, angels, guides, and on and on and on. Absolutely angels can intercede. Absolutely the unexpected miracles do happen. But... This is always dependent upon your beliefs. Are you going to expect a miracle? Are you going to expect to be pleasantly surprised? Are you going to expect that the answer to the crises at hand may be none of the above, yet someone has it and it shows up on time? It's all about belief. And when you believe, then you have access to all of the elements, all of the angels, brand new best friends in any place or port of call on planet earth. The greater truth, however, to this question is that ultimately we create everything. There is never a time out. There is never a holiday. There is never a vacation and hallelujah this means you are always in control. Now, before before this seems overwhelming, let me remind you that you are infinitely more than you realize. You are a multi-dimensional being. You are everywhere, always at once. In the truest sense, I'm just another part of you. You're another part of me. We're all interrelated, reincarnational beings. We're all one. There isn't just you and more you there's only you okay and so when you choose on a desired outcome and the best dream of all is your own happiness you throw into works the entire universe who knows you as well as you know you because it is you Engage on making this happen. The universe knows what will make you happy the universe knows how much money when and where Improved health fix things. You don't even know they're broken bring you friends You didn't even know you missed uh, and, and can connect all these dots you command legions in the unseen That's intercession, but you are those legions. Don't let that fry your brain. Okay, just know That wherever you focus your spotlight of vision, thoughts, words, and behavior, the elements line up. And you don't have to figure out those elements. You don't even have to know those elements work. You don't even have to understand the nature of gravity. Most of us don't. It's still one of those big elusive mysteries, gravity for the most part. Yeah, we know how to leverage it. But what exactly is it is highly debatable in science right now. You don't have to know what it is to make use of gravity, to have traction when you run and jump higher and faster. The same thing with life's magic. You are just the tip of the iceberg of who you really are. And your job at the tip of this iceberg, like at the helm of a gigantic flying machine or a jumbo jet, 747. You're in the cockpit. All you got to do is point that thing. And then the arians and the rudders and the, all those parts start taking care of your wishes so that they can come to pass. You're basically a pointing aiming mechanism. That was the deal to come to the jungles of time and space and your other self, your higher self said, "Look, I'm going to take care of all the logistics. You just use your brain." to decide what you like and what you don't like. And when you find things you don't like, change the picture in your mind and hand it off to us. As you continue to live your life, show up, show up, go out in the world in this bastion of order and perfection where miracles abound everywhere. Change the picture in your mind if it's finances, if it's romance, if it's health, if it's healing, if something's not quite perfect for you, change the picture. Will your life then change? No, nothing changes, not immediately. But as you continue to go out the door expecting a miracle, the healing begins, the manifestations begin, and it's a non-stop parade of magic and miracles. So yes, you do change it. No, not spontaneously. Yes, you can summon angels. They're just an extension of yourself. Believe that these things are possible and all things will be added unto you understand the nature of reality and your role in it as this spiritualized human being that you are, which is just a tiny tip of the iceberg. You're an aiming mechanism. You aim God. I'm thinking over here of wealth and abundance, and that's where God goes. I'm thinking over here of pain and suffering, and that's where God goes. Which do you want? You throw all of the elements into action on your behalf. And one day we wake up and we realize we were those elements and that it was all about this dream of ours where we forgot who we really are streaming manifestors thinking momentarily that we had to react to everything without realizing we could just change what we stream. It all comes down to you, but don't let that overwhelm you. There could not be any better news imaginable than you create Entirely your own reality and if you don't know what to create next and you've been messing with the house and the shoulds too much happiness Just imagine yourself happy if you want imagine yourself happy and surrounded by friends You don't have to go there happy is enough if you want imagine yourself happy surrounded by friends and with millions of dollars or rupees or dineros or in the bank, okay, or in uh, you know, your Bitcoin uh, exchange Just imagine the end. Don't say you don't know how to be happy. Just say, universe, I want to be happy. And then show up. And all of the elements will rearrange. There'll be circumstances, serendipities, coincidence, and so-called accidents that will blow your mind. You're in control. You can change anything you want. Hallelujah. Jambo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. Today, we're going to be revisiting, revisiting some basic skills, some basic turn of perspective uh, steps here. The question is, Mike, uh, how do you deal with facing failures, disappointments, and letdowns? How can we stay motivated and not get discouraged when we face trauma, on the yellow brick road, which was to have led to the life of our dreams. By remembering that this is what it's about this is the hook in life do not feel somehow disadvantaged because lions and tigers and bears showed up you signed up for the safari adventure you got the full package you wanted the lions and tigers and bears you came from a place of ease and grace and love for millennia and millennia and triliniums. and you're like i want a little more spice i want a little more adventure i'm happy to forget that I'm everywhere always at once, if I can be born again to passion and fear that will lead me out of my cave and off of my cloud into the world to fall in love and be loved. But then suddenly on that path, a lion pokes his head out of the jungle and you're like, oh man, what's so wrong with me? Everybody else got to figure out. I'm dealing with failure again and again. I'm somehow disadvantaged. The trick is reframe it reframe it every disappointment letdown heartbreak devastation is just your training wheels it's like you're learning to ride a bike and you've got training wheels and why do you have these training wheels so that in the very near future, in the blink of an eye, you're gonna soar, man. You're gonna ride down that road on a two-wheeler. You're gonna lift off into the heavens. But the training wheels were necessary. They helped you find your balance. They helped you get grounded in your power. And that's what the lions and tigers and bears do. They're like part and parcel of it. It's like, oh man, I'm gonna get even more amazing. Don't think of it like, this is just one more reason I should have stayed in bed. It's like, it's okay. And nothing you face isn't surmountable. In other words, everything you face, you can rise above. Everything. Nothing is here to derail you. Everything is here to prop you up on the shoulders, OEO, into the promised land. Just see it that way. Reframe. Reframe. Don't think you're alone. Don't think you're disadvantaged. Don't think that you've got it tough, but everyone else has it easy. Everyone else is struggling as much as you. And when you see it like this, you start noticing how you do have power. You have been raised up. You're surrounded by miracles that life really is pretty easy. You don't have to figure out how to turn your thoughts into things. They do that by themselves. Circumstances arrange by themselves. You just hold the desired end result in your mind whenever you're facing something that's displeasing. I can't tell you how many times I have been down at the end of my rope when I thought my business would go bankrupt, when I thought I would never find cash to make payroll, when I thought my, my love life was over, when I thought I was too old. I'm just getting started. I can tell you, I would wonder at times if I would ever be happy again. I know. I know and I know how quick it passes, and I know that you, if you're in that place now, will look back as I look back, and one day real soon, you're going to be like, I escaped with my life. Thank God things worked out the way they did. I am better now, more poised now for happily ever after than I ever could have been prior to the hazards, the so-called failure, the disappointments, the letdowns. Everything is leading you to something better than you even knew how to define. So, Reframe is the main thing. Also, read, study. It's not going to hurt you. Find some books on self-improvement, metaphysics. You're watching this. Great job. Notes from the Universe, Hay House books, Simon and Schuster books, contemplative thought, meditation. Join me and David G in a couple of weeks for our meditation journey. Pay the price. Do do some work. Not all work. Okay. Let there be a lot of play, but you know, some self-reflection and dwelling on greater truths and asking big questions will bring about the enlightenment that will help you blast forward. So do a little bit of studying as you reframe. It can be fun. There are a lot of woo woohoo, crazy, exciting books like Richard Bach's Illusions. If you haven't read Richard Bach's Illusions, play that back, rewind it, It will be one of the favorite books of your whole life. Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Go to my webpage, tut.com. Scroll down to the bottom for resources. Look for adventurous reading. And you're going to see my new list on recommended reading. There's a a part of the list that's geared to self-realization and another part of the list that's geared to manifestation. It's all good. And a lot of those books will put you on cloud nine, helping you to see the truth of your situation. While you study, work, read, also have vision boards. Do creative visualization. Do affirmations. My amazing good fortune has now come to pass. My amazing good fortune has now come to pass. That's from Florence Scovel Shin. She's on my recommended reading list. Um, Enjoy your life. Don't make it all about work. Don't make it all about anything. Let there be diversification. Too often we get single-minded in that area of our life where we are meeting setbacks and disappointments, whether it's losing weight and making money, finding your partner, diversify, diversify your rocking life. Be a little bit of everywhere. Exercise, sleep well, nutrition, engage your mind. Do these things. They're all spiritual. There's nothing not spiritual in these sacred jungles of time and space. Fellow adventurers, you got it made, made in the shade. You're being pushed on to greatness every single day. And whether or not you can see it, your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your so-called negative thoughts. Everything is here to set you up for better than you even knew to ask for. Jumbo fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Happy hump day. It's Wednesday here in paradise and it's time for another spiritual tune up where I answer your questions. Mike, what about alcohol, weed, food, nutrition, exercise? Should we be concerned about healthy living? Or can we apply the secret to healthy living? Worry less and just enjoy our indulgences. The issue If I've ever had too much to drink in an evening, I feel so guilty. Plus, I worry that I might have a higher risk of cancer due to the alcohol or whatever." Oh my gosh. We are birds of a feather. I'm learning this stuff too. I had a conversation with The Council, channeled by Sarah Landon, almost two years ago. One of my first ones. And a question I had was about my enjoyment of beer one or two every night for a decade plus and more on the weekends and a cigar or two every day and i said you know i feel so guilty about it and the council replied oh you need to quit the guilt quit the guilt oh my gosh we have a lot of wiggle room we have a lot of play yes you can use the secret for these things but please hear all of this but Moderation is the answer and play both ends to the middle as I will describe in just a moment. But let me tell you what I did with the council's great advice and my own understanding that our beliefs are so powerful and I don't quite know what all of my beliefs are. Um, I ended up quitting both alcohol and my beloved cigars. A year and a half ago and I've had very very little booze since then a couple of glasses of champagne and not a single puff of a cigar Uh, and I feel fantastic it was easy and it was easier to just quit those things than to deal with the worry about what my invisible limiting beliefs are you know you don't have to make something happen if it's bothering you including alcohol weed food nutrition lack of exercise Okay, so let me get into the, the deep answer. Moderation. Sometimes old school advice. Everything in moderation is spot on. And, and this would certainly be true with these commodities that we're now talking about. Clearly, it's not going to do you any good to get wasted uh, ever. <laughs> it's not going to do you any good to be you know, living with cigar smoke, cigarette smoke, pot smoke, you know, in your lungs every single day. It's just not going to be a plus. Jane Roberts, who dictated Seth, was a heavy smoker. And Seth would say that your fear of cigarettes and your advertisements that they will give you cancer, quit now, are far more dangerous than the actual smoke itself, than the actual habit itself. But he would punctuate his statements with, It's still not ideal. It would be better if you let it go. Can you prevail and rock the living daylights out of your life anyway? Absolutely. All things are possible. But are you really sure that you're not going to self-sabotage with a lifelong belief that it's going to give you cancer and all these warning signs from society that you're killing yourself? Are you really sure? It's a fine line. Why test it? play both ends to the middle. Moderation is my first point here. Just, you know, I, I, I'm I'm going to enjoy cigars in my life again, not as much as I did before, unless I'm really there, total platinum thoughts. Um, and I'm going to continue to enjoy the occasional um, drink. Um, but, but it'll always be in moderation. And now to talk about playing both ends to the middle. I um, both ends to the middle. As I said, follow the old school, which is moderation and or abstain from those things that scare you. Um, And practice the woo woo, practice the visualization, see yourself filled with life, filled with energy, going out toing and froing, which would imply um, that, that That the nutrition is taking care of itself, that you're getting from your food, what you need to get from your food, that you haven't overdone it, use the woo-woo, the visualization, and notice when you're imagining yourself vibrant and full of energy, you're not imagining yourself stoned, are you? And that vision of yourself, vibrant and full of energy, will rearrange the circumstances of your life so that you do have more willpower, so that you are able to say no, so that you can keep it in moderation. And doing the woo-woo, working with your thoughts, the law of attraction, is going to help you mightily. Um, When it comes to food, uh, this is a question of overconsumption. That's why I put it on this list. You know, too many people feel like there's got to be a way through diet fads or books or pills or visualization that they can continue eating as much food as they want. It's like back off the food, just back off the food. Like I backed off cigars. It's so doable. I didn't say quit the food. I didn't say stop sugar. Just do it in moderation while imagining yourself to be fit as a fiddle, uh, thin and energetic and muscular and strong with lots of endurance. And all of the circumstances, this is thoughts become things, begin with the end in mind. You, brimming with vitality, will force you to be in the right place at the right time, predisposed to the right friends and the willpower and the improved metabolism. The end result in thought will take care of so much, but it will also have you physically behaving in ways that are congruent with that vision in your head brimming with vitality while you also exercise some degree of discipline to keep things in moderation. And if they've been out of control too long, like me smoking a cigar or two every day for 15 years, well then curb it and quit it. You can do it. It's no big deal. You won't even miss it. I I don't even miss it myself. I still fantasize about going on vacation in Hawaii or somewhere, and I'm going to have my cigar, man. And you can have yours too. But in moderation, play both ends to the middle. You know, do the conventional stuff. Follow the conventional wisdom, all of the conventional wisdom, including exercise. By golly, please exercise. Just go for a walk every day for 10 minutes um and then see yourself living the life brimming with vitality svelte beautiful muscular and these two approaches will blend so beautifully there's nothing you can't do jumbo fellow adventurers it's is mike dooley happy thursday time for a spiritual tune-up How do we fix inequality and extreme capitalism is the question today specifically mike what can we do in the face of extreme inequality and entrenched capitalism to lift people out of poverty and homelessness okay so there's some implied things here that need not be implied Uh, i've got to tell you i uh am a natural born capitalist uh was for so long uh, far leaning uh, on the right-hand side of the political spectrum, and I have actually drifted to the to the left side right now. But I'm not here to say that either side is right. In fact, it is naive to think that that a system, whether it be capitalism or communism, is dead wrong. Moderation, like I said yesterday, blending. To think that we have three choices, four choices, you know, dictatorship, communism, socialism, capitalism is like so silly. Why wouldn't it be a hybrid of all of those? Let's look at the baseline. We chose to be alive in these sacred jungles of time and space and we knew we'd have to get along. And that should be easy because we're all sparks of God and we all are really cool. Okay. And in getting along, we need to come up with a system to kind of make things work out so that we can kind of Uh, Get together and agree on things and cooperate instead of compete, right? Do things together instead of only individually. You know, together we can get so much more done uh, like any species than if we're all Lone Rangers, so to speak part of the equation of coming to the jungles of time and space is finding out what works for us and what doesn't work for us. And what worked for us last year might not work for us next year. I mean, look at some of the original settlers or inhabitants, the indigenous people. Um, It was not socialism. It was not capitalism. It was not necessarily dictatorship. I don't even know if we know what it was, except we can see they were working together. It took a village to raise a family kind of thing. And they were working with the environment as much as themselves. And then somebody invented currency and bartering and productivity and creativity and competition. A lot of that made possible enormous leaps forward in our evolution of consciousness as well as the evolution of understanding the materials and the the physical world. Is it possible that we could get a little bit out of whack and go too far, too extreme to the point where if we're all competing against each other, that maybe this is not creating a cohesive unit? Absolutely. Let's make some adjustments. Um, I know what it's like to believe in absolute freedom and survival of the fittest and let each person survive and thrive based on their creativity and their work ethic and let them build. Look, not everyone's there. Not everyone is all about building bigger, faster, better. And hey, what about family? What about love? What about the person who is not all about productivity and creativity, but they can write a song, man? Or they can listen to you like nobody else can listen to you. Every person is vitally important. I come from an Anne Rand background. Somebody introduced that to me in my 20s. I devoured Atlas Shrugged, the fountainhead, and I was crazed with her idea and philosophy of, of objectivism and the celebration of individuality and her seeing man as kind of a god on earth even though she was an atheist there was so much beauty in her work but there was an underlying tone in all of Anne Rye, Ayn Rand's work oh my god what a what a what a giant among us this lady was but the underlying tone was that the world was made up of two groups, uh, the producers and the moochers, the productive and everybody else just riding on their coattails. And it's like, I am no longer uh, of that ilk that I am a fan of Ayn Rand. I love so much of what she celebrated to this very day. And I love so much of what the right wing represents in terms of individual responsibility. But our responsibility needs to include our brothers and sisters and needs to recognize that not everybody is in the throes of inventing and creating and marshaling the forces. In a utopian society, we would be motivated by the joy of creativity and participation and cooperation. We would not ever be motivated by more money, more money, more money. Let me have a bigger house, let me have a faster car. That is so utterly juvenile. But you can have a bigger house and a faster car if you include everybody, and there's the irony. But once that's no longer a measurement of your success and self-worth, even though you could have the bigger house, who wants a bigger house? It's more cleaning, right? Uh, who who needs to have the faster car? Let's all participate so that we can all enjoy uh, life and all that it has to offer. A little example right now. You know, I know some of my uh, followers, readers are are really huge into the the right side of things, and you know, government laissez faire, get out of business, but you must be aware that in study after study and people have gone universities and, uh, psychological scientists have gone deep into this, the happiest countries, the populations where people are the happiest are not the most capitalistic countries. P- the countries that are most capitalistic, uh, so cities or city states or formerly Hong Kong or Singapore, or these are not the happy places. United States, oh my gosh, so not happy. Go to the Scandinavian countries. Um, go to, I don't want to be naming countries, uh, uh, many European countries. Go to Canada where there's a much more relaxed atmosphere, and you're going to find a happier group of people. I went to Switzerland and spoke a few years ago. And chatted up the person at the front desk, and my gosh, I forget she was making twenty five thirty five dollars an hour <gasps> now that 's a very capitalistic place, but it 's also very got a very strong social fabric and i 'm not an expert on Switzerland by any means, but by having everyone at a level of of a respectable salary, which you know heavens know we can 't do that in the United States because you know some people aren 't worth that they don 't work hard enough for that. You take away their dignity when you don't pay them a living wage. Whereas I go to Switzerland, somebody who works at what would be considered a low-paying job in the United States has the ability to come to my event and they can afford a $200 ticket for a day-long workshop. Whereas in the United States, it's like, no... Those people are excluded from so much of what's going on. And if you say socialism is all bad and you point to Venezuela, oh my gosh, come on. Venezuela has dictatorial problems and other problems far more entrenched than just simply socialism. Socialism is practiced in many thriving countries in the world. I'm not gonna name it because then you could say I'm wrong, but you know, Germany, Japan, okay? There's a capitalistic socialistic blend. Um what I'm getting at to answer this question is that it's not about an answer of capitalism. Uh it's an it's a matter of realizing we're experimenting and we're learning, and what was true before might not be true now. And where we see inequities and when we see people leaving being marginalized and left on the sidelines, we have to fix it. They're not going to be able to fix it. So let's kind of blend and test and open our hearts and open our minds. How do we fix extreme capitalism? By having this conversation, by thinking about it. please don't throw tomatoes. I'm not advocating socialism. I'm not advocating communism, but I'm saying there's a time and a place for most things. And when you get beyond the politics of it and you get into the home life of people in each of these economic models, you know, there's love, there's joy, there's participation, and all of a sudden, it is not everything uh, to define the outside world economically. Uh, to to find the love and joy that's in the household, that's in our hearts. So let's just consider all things. Uh, I'm all for capitalism, but we need to make sure it includes everybody. And, uh, and, and the same thing with uh, a, a more socialistic environment. We need to make sure that there are built-in freedoms and a sense of personal responsibility that goes along for every citizen. Jumbo fellow adventurers and happy fry! yay Boy, do I have something for you to think on. This is going to go deep. This is going to challenge a lot of conventional wisdom. It's going to probably go absolutely against the grain of everything you've ever thought and believed in before. But it's a question that has come up periodically in my last 21 years of teaching, uh, and it is so juicy. Uh, I can see the issue that I'm about to explain to you, but that doesn't mean I have the solution, but by thinking about it and talking about it, we'll get there. You're probably wondering what this is. Let me share a little parallel as well. For 20 years as an adult, I knew I ought to become a vegetarian slash vegan. Um, and while I focused on it, I was still eating meat, chicken McNuggets, quarter pounders with cheese. But by talking about it and thinking about it, the day came some 20 years ago. Hey, I've been at this a long time. Uh, that I finally made that leap. And so this is my hope and my thought today to plant some seeds of thought, not to revolutionize your life, but on the heels of our conversation yesterday about inequality and extreme capitalism, Um, the concept of meritocracy, which seems to be ingrained in our civilization, the concept of rewarding people based on what they've earned based on merit based on blood, sweat, tears, ingenuity and creativity. Oh, my gosh, a very slippery slope. Let me put this question in terms that might resonate a little bit more for you. If Mike Dooley, I hear I've heard before, thoughts become things unfailingly. And we are all created equal, that we all have the exact same power in our being to live deliberately, create consciously, and live the life of our dreams, shouldn't we banish all forms of charity, community, and government assistance? Well, let me read that again. Community assistance, aka government assistance. I know government has a a bad rap, bad image and deservedly so in most quarters of society. But what is government but community? Okay. We do our best to put some people in power and then we, you know, throw tomatoes at them. Um, but shouldn't we banish charity, government assistance, community assistance, because don't these things charity and such assistance reinforce a dependency upon others? Aren't we stealing people's power away from them by giving them food stamps or a leg up or enforcing a minimum wage? What are you thinking, huh? What are you thinking right now? This, I hope you'll appreciate, is food for thought. Okay, I don't have answers, but it is food for thought. Okay, while everyone's thoughts become things, while all men and all women Are created equal. Equal, equal, equal. Nothing else in their lives is equal. Nothing. So if we were all born to John and Jane Doe, and we all looked like baby doe, and we all had the same amount of love and the same amount of toys and the same amount of inspiration, then hell yes we would all expect to thrive in the world. And one day that's coming, although we're not going to all look like baby Doe, But nothing else is the same. Such presumptions that thoughts become things and all things are equal imply, all men or women are created equal, imply that there's a level playing field. There's no level playing field. Okay, so it is documented and well known that if you are born into an affluent family, chances are wildly greater that you will be affluent and wealthy. Similarly, if you are born into a disadvantaged neighborhood, family, whatever, chances are extreme, you will perpetuate this. People naively think, if you give me freedom, um, I will be able to make anything out of it. Hence, the United States is the greatest nation on earth. Well, we talked a little bit about greatness and happiness and what defines that yesterday. But this is so not the case. Statistics and life tracking has shown that freedom has almost nothing to do with whether or not you will be wildly successful as our society measures success. In terms of your own personal freedom, in terms of your wealth, in terms of your self-confidence, in terms of your happiness, nothing, nothing, nothing is equal from one individual to another, from one family to another, from one neighborhood to another, from one city, town, country, continent to the other, nothing else is equal. So when you realize the reason things aren't equal is because there's so many awesome reasons to choose time and space for the lessons you'll learn for the treasures you'll unveil for the love that is truly everywhere and constantly being showered upon us. Clearly that is the case. If you're watching me and you're following Mike Dooley in any way, shape, or form, you know, that is the case. But with that being the case, then how come everybody's not born you know, into Beverly Hills 90210? Well, maybe those values are not so important. What we actually see is a lot of people being born into poor families. A lot of people being born into uh, destitute nations, poverty or war stricken. Hmm. This is not their luck in life. This is their creation for reasons we cannot see that are honorable. Even in a a starving nation or a war-torn nation, there is love. There is camaraderie. There is joy. There is growth. There is one another. There is life and coffee and sunrises and rainbows. Don't be so quick to judge a poor nation, a poor neighborhood, or a poor family simply because of the merit or the dollar bills that they've accumulated. There are many other things going on in all of our lifetimes, in your lifetime, way different than my lifetime, my lifetime, way different than your lifetime. Elon Musk's lifetime is way different than all of our lifetimes. Not better, you know that, not worse. Doesn't everyone deserve respect? Doesn't everyone deserve um, love and opportunity? And we can't just say, well, you chose that lifetime for reasons of your own. So, you know, you go ahead and you go live that. You made your bed, now sleep in it. As I have shared in other spiritual tune-ups, oftentimes there will be people who avail themselves of tragedy or hardship in part. For the wake up call that will give to others around the world who are like oh my gosh what can I do about those victims in Haiti who have just suffered another earthquake. Could I write a check, could I send some love, could I open my heart, could I behave differently here and part of the objective of the earthquake in Haiti will have been met in your heart. This doesn't mean, ah, that's your earthquake, not my earthquake. You know that, right? You're already charitable. You already help people. But how many times in our life and in our world do we rely on meritocracy, as I said yesterday, with an ein Rand mentality, that the world is full of you know, leaders and heroes or moochers? Uh, scavengers, uh, people belly aching and complaining and wanting free handouts. If we gave them dignity and respect and we spread the wealth a little more freely, uh, they would be able to find their own power. But because we don't do that, because we frown on them because we have a society that's built almost entirely on competition and thereby winners and losers, we have robbed further, our brothers and sisters of dignity, and we can't say, it's your fault. Your thoughts become things like my thoughts become things, and you should just model your behavior after me. That's not fair. That's not reasonable. That's not love. So this is an exciting topic. I think you'll feel that I believe that. Um, Do I have the answers? It's going to be a slow metamorphosis until we get there, Like, like the abolition of the disgusting heritage of slavery. People knew it was wrong for hundreds of years before it was finally eradicated in most corners of the world. Like me becoming a vegetarian, I had to talk about it for 20 years and slowly make inroads before I was able to get there. If we can start thinking about things like this, it'll become a lot easier to be living things like this and slowly but surely companies, I'm not even doing this in my own company. Sorry, team. Um, You know, it's not like we're all getting paid exactly the same. We ought to be not because of some mandate from a government that never worked. That's communism. And I don't believe in that. Although there's a place for primitive hierarchical organizations at primitive times. We are primitive times. We perhaps until this point have functioned better through competition than we would if, if there wasn't competition. So this is not saying everything is all bad. But as we awaken to higher vibrations and greater truths and are motivated by love, not just for ourselves, but but for everyone else, we will start contemplating things differently. And here is my final parting analogy that I really think might tip the scales in, in you understanding what I'm trying to convey. Let's just say, based on some of the geniuses on our planet right now, scientifically, that we're able to launch a full-scale deep space colony. Okay, it's going to be multiple rockets and a gigantic space station, and they're going to go out there and they're never going to come back. These are going to be the pioneers of outer space. Uh, Maybe they'll go to Mars. Maybe they'll have a colony somewhere. But let's just say only 25 human beings, you know? A mixture of men and women, a mixture of the races, a mixture of everything, some artists, some scientists, uh, just... The diversity will, diversity is going to really make this a rich space colony. Okay. Diversity has profound value. Do you think as they're leaving our solar system that they would say, okay, now look, what we're going to do is we're going to find out who is the most productive and we're all going to get a little allowances and we're all going to be able to save that allowances. So if you want to have two apple pies for dessert one day, or when we finally build our first you know, uh, manufactured homes on a a distant planet, you're going to have the wherewithal to buy that. And so we're going to pay everybody based on how much they contribute. 25 people going into space forever and ever. And do you think we would come up with some kind of merit-based system to dole out an allowance so that when we can start inhabiting... uh, more through our offspring and have maybe a house or you know, a, a teleportation vehicle. Some people are gonna have the really cool kinds and some people are gonna have you know, the low, the low income kinds. Or do you think we would just be like, look, we're all in this together. Okay, we're all, when one falls, we all fall. When one rises, we all rise. We're here because we love life. We love it with a passion. We love one another. We love exploration. We love space. You love science. I love music but we have equal powers. We're all gonna eat the same amount of food, the same amount of apple pies. When we build homes, nobody's gonna want a bigger home than the rest of the folk. Come on, there's more important fish to fry, right? Okay, so that's the way it would be for 25 people in a deep space colony. And you would be the first to say, we're all gonna give it our heart and soul and we're all gonna do our best. And if somebody got really lazy one month or one year or one decade, do you think you'd be like, You're not getting breakfast, dude. You're just not getting breakfast, because you're not or would you all be like, hey, what's wrong? Can we help you? Let's let's be there for little Mikey. He's he's not feeling good. He's homesick for planet Earth. He really misses, you know, Niagara Falls. Do you think we would shun that person and rob them of their dignity or would we rally around them and do all we could to level them up and continue to give them a full breakfast and equal shares of apple pie? You know we would do the latter. We would be like family in outer outer space, the 25 of us. Now let me change this. It's not 25, it's 1,000 people. Mm, What happens? What happens then? No, it's not 1,000 people, it's 100,000 people. We've got levitation rocking, we've got a spaceship the size of Orlando, Florida, and we're gonna go into space with 100,000 people. Now should we have meritocracy? The answer starts to be like, well, yeah, yeah, what if some dude I don't know is just freeloading? Oh, now it's because you don't know him, you've turned them into some kind of less than human creature. They're not up to par, they're not like you. No, they're just like the same 25 people. You're in this together and you know one another. It takes a village, right? And so now when we got 100,000 people, or your city is made up of 1 million people, or the planet is made up of 7.8 billion people, you start to think, some of those people are crazy. Cray-cray, man. Some of those people are greedy. They're bad. They're evil. They they want to plunder. They don't want to work. They want to steal. No, they're just homesick for Niagara Falls. Do you see what happens when the numbers get big? We depersonalize and then we put our filters and our beliefs about ourselves and society and humanity on others that we don't understand. We demonize them and that further alienates them and boom, here we are today on spaceship earth, demonizing one another. And now more than ever, it's become so apparent because of technology. We have the internet and we can see what we're doing and we're outside and we're watching the news. And it's like, oh my gosh, we need to see each other as brothers and sisters. We need to value the street sweeper as much as the heart surgeon. Literally, ultimately, we will all recognize that we are equal children of the divine. And when it comes to pay, it's like everyone's going to have a car. Everyone's going to have a Levitron. Everyone's going to have friends and family. It's not going to be about this material grab of competition and survival of the fittest. And you didn't work hard enough and you're not motivated enough. And you're just looking for handouts and we're only going to pay you $5 an hour. And hey, I don't have all the answers, but I can see where we're going. I'm not even there yet, but I'm gonna do what I can, and I have been doing what I can to incrementally change my worldviews and not be one of the, you know capitalism versus socialism. It's like, come on, it's time to redefine everything. Um, this share that I'm doing with you right now is mightily motivated by a TED Talk video that I saw a couple of hours ago And I'm going to post the link to that right after I post this spiritual tune-up. It is by Michael Sandel, The Tyranny of Merit. Just absolutely brilliant. I do not agree with everything he says. He speaks in terms of luck and good fortune. We create those, but yet again, we may have chosen a life to bond with a certain person and that put us in the bad neighborhood. That doesn't mean that we should not be helped and lifted up out of the belief system that we chose to be born into. So I don't agree with everything that Michael Sandel sells, but I agree with almost everything he says. What an amazing mind. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally-ho!